Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you happen to be on the shiny blue marble we call Earth, on this sparkly little simulation we call life, this very second, this very minute of your existence, you are currently dialed in to Son of a Pitch with Michael Kowenka. I am that guy, the legend, the person, the avatar, the occasional shit disturber, Michael Kowenka, here for your listening enjoyment. Sweet, saucy sounds of Son of a Pitch coming at you. Hope you like it. Hope you dig it. If you don't, last 45 seconds are mine, motherfucker. That's right. Let's get into this. I got some good shit to share with you. Enjoy. How's it going, guys? Another kick-ass day, afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Another kick-ass moment, because we're sharing it together. You and me, bud. You and me. That's right. Can you feel it? Can you feel that? Yeah. Anyhow, so, today, special day, I got to spend some time with the fine, high-quality, high-flying, brilliant minds at Vattenfall Innovation. Now, although they're not sponsors of this podcast, I will not turn their money down to put up plenty of sponsorships for this podcast, but that doesn't matter because what happened during our session today was something really interesting, and... It's giving me inspiration. It's giving me a little buzz to sort of give some tips and tricks on what to do not just before you give a talk or engage with an audience, not just during when you're trying to keep them active and engaged and enthralled with what you're trying to accomplish, but what happens when you're done with the presentation? What happens when you've finished giving your talk and you've wrapped up and you're about to go home? Or in this case, click the leave button on your Zoom window. Well, one of the biggest things, biggest faux pas, not faux pas, but oversights that people tend to do that we tend to forget. Maybe it's... Maybe it's because we've been so conditioned to a response-first kind of uh, interaction. Mainly, we have to wait for someone to send us a message for us to hit the reply button. We're always keen to respond instead of be proactive of things. But this old-school trick is something I love doing. Something I used to love doing and think more people should continue to do. Is that after you're done meeting with someone, take a moment and send them a thank you letter. Now I use Calendly and they've just added this kick-ass feature where you can actually uh, send an email trigger that uh, 24 hours after your meeting or even one hour, 30 minutes or 10 minutes after your meeting is scheduled to end, attendees get a little custom personalized note. Now they have a generic note, but of course you personalize it because you're a smart, personable kind of person. Um, but there are lots of ways to automate it. Calendly is a great way. But regardless, the act of saying thank you 
of thanking people for their time, of demonstrating some gratefulness, the fact that people have spent their time with you is a sign of respect. And I mean, most of the time, participants will leave their email address when they sign up for these kind of things, so it's kind of easy. It's almost a no-brainer. The first thing you got to do is make sure you send a thank you letter. Now, you want to get extra credits, even more bonus brownie superstar points? Check out the fine peeps at HandyWritten. They basically use robots holding pens to make it look like the, someone actually wrote a letter. This automates a very personalized, very personable communication. It humanizes an otherwise inhuman process. Sending an email, like you can trigger it. But isn't it better if they got a little handwritten note? You want to get even super duper awesome credits? If you're based here in the Netherlands, or someplace where they make phenomenal chocolate. Think about getting people Tony's Chocolate Only, or something that feels like a giant slab of Willy Wonka deliciousness, like they just won the golden ticket of thank yous. There's lots of different ways that you can make people feel appreciated without having to spend a lot of time or money or, frankly, effort. Sometimes, just the thought of saying thank you is what really counts. So the first tip I would say is to make sure you send a thank you letter when you're done with things. That's right off the bat something I think people should pay attention to and do more of. Now this second little trick, and it plays on people's tendency towards sharing content about themselves since 60 to 80 percent of content online is usually about the person sharing it if not indirectly by virtue of them signaling the causes they support or the ideas they endorse but directly with them sharing photos of themselves or their opinions or commenting or having some sort of personal association with the content they put out but after you're done your session it can't hurt to share photos and videos of the event Put them online and tag the people that were involved in it. Tag the people that participated. If you have them on LinkedIn, that tagging actually encourages them to engage with the content. And usually this happens pretty quickly. So the process goes like this. I write a post and I tag your name on it. Let's say your name is uh, Bob Smith. I'm Bob. Pleasure to meet you. Bob, I've tagged you in my post. What do you do? You check it out. And if it doesn't scream of craziness, you probably like it or celebrate it or add any one of those different new little reactions that they have on, on whatever social medium you might be on. You like it or you comment on it or even better, you share it and repurpose the content yourself. But nevertheless, you engage with that asset. And what does that do? That tells LinkedIn, hey, maybe there's something here. Maybe they want to share this information with a wider audience. And so the LinkedIn editor, which is, I don't know if it's an actual person or if it's a 
algorithm. I'll have to dig into that and get back to you on that. But regardless, and feel free to ping me and let me know what it is. But this LinkedIn editor is almost like a, a content gate that once you hit a certain threshold, like in uh, Medium, if you get 50 or 60 claps within the first two hours or first hour, then it'll find it, your content will find itself on the main page or you'll find yourself uh, with increased views and shares just by virtue of people engaging with it. Because basically, when you tag someone and they like it and engage with the content, it tells the platform, hey, this is something good. Maybe more people should see this. And it shares it and shows it with more. And sooner, soon enough, you'll start seeing real serious bumps in your exposure. Something like in the thousands. You'd be surprised. It's, uh, and what's the worst case scenario? If anything, you're sharing videos and content. Giving people access to a Dropbox folder, maybe, with all these content bits can help them repurpose it, giving them tags, even helping them uh, be a part of your marketing. Like for example, a few months back when the crisis first hit, when COVID first hit, city went on lockdown and less than a week or so, Hack the Crisis was born. Good friend, Sebastian Tupi, hats, uh, hats off to you and, and the fine crew at the next web for putting that, uh, that together in an extremely short span of time. You put it together, I was part of it, and part of their marketing involved putting your face on their pre-made marketing assets. And this can be done pretty simply. You can grab a Canva thing and put a shiny little circle there and say, insert your face here and share it with peeps. And they'll repurpose your content with their profile. You can create a Facebook uh, frame and use that to promote your event, anything but making it more about the audience, more about the person, more about the sharer than about you is the secret here. So at the end of your event, be sure to share all the assets and tag the people involved to give them a chance to share more about what great stuff you're doing. It's give to get. Now I mentioned folders. Folders with your marketing assets are interesting, but you want to go for some extra credit here. You want to go big. You want to be memorable. You want people to be like, oh my God, this guy knows his shit. This lady is the best at what she's talking about. Holy shamolies. We need more of this. And the, in my learnings, in my experience, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything. And that all your content, all your ideas, everything stems from what you've learned to date, what you've picked up. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with referencing other people that have spent their lives dedicated to a very specific topic or area. As a master's professor, I've seen plenty of students afraid to reference for fear that Putting tons of references into their papers or dissertations would mean that they didn't think at all, that their ideas aren't there. Nothing could be further for the truth, from the truth. The sheer fact of researching and finding different pieces of information, uh, putting them together, cobbling the bits here and there so that they form a coherent argument, so that it makes sense and makes a solid point rooted in research, that takes 
skill, intelligence, and the ability to synthesize multiple bits of information and put it all together. In the same way, you can do a smart thing. That smart thing is basically connecting your audience with a crap ton of research and materials. Create folders and if you're a coach offering structured advice, give them a copy of your canvas or template. If you're uh, an expert or a leader, give them uh, copies of uh, videos of, of you giving talks or extra bits of information. Or even like I do, I create folders of reference materials that I may have mentioned during the session giving people easy access to download these materials if they're truly interested in learning more. Give people the opportunity to learn more than just what you've said. If the saying goes, we stand on the shoulders of giants in order for us to see farther, it is only by creating the steps, providing the research and information that others too can see the great views that you've seen prose and poetic rhetoric aside, it's just nice to add extra bits of info to give people a deeper understanding of where you're coming from, of what you're talking about, and what you're trying to get across, and maybe empower them to come up with a new perspective based on the exact same materials that you've covered. Is that sometimes... Two people reading the exact same document can get completely different insights. And that's what's awesome. So after your talk, share folders, share information, share as much content about your homework and research that you've done to empower your audience to know more. And to know, ultimately, that when they want to learn more, you're the person they turn to which is a great tactic, but it's also just being a good person and being quite honest with yourself and with the materials you cover so that you make sure that as many people as possible can learn and grow as well. There's nothing better than doing that. There's no greater feeling than watch someone take the materials that you've absorbed yourself and make something completely new out of it. That's super cool. Love that. So another thing that lots of people ask, and you know, sometimes it doesn't matter, but you know, makes them feel good about it. They ask you for their deck, for your deck. Now I know a lot of people might be hesitant, especially if you're just starting out. Sharing your slide deck on social media or email, allowing them to go back and review the content yet again even if not all of the information is covered in your slides, it can still be somewhat of an effective resource for them. By virtue of sharing your deck, you let them, same with sharing your research, you let them come up with new insights, or at least use it as a mnemonic device, uh, a tool to help people remember what you talked about. And if you've used engaging videos, interesting photos, or even made a, a really interesting moment and captured that on, uh, on your deck or in some kind of a video, then, hey, all the more power to you. Throw that in there and give people something to remember you by. Think of it as your 
uh, presentation business card, but the extended version. So share your deck with others. Give people insights into your insights. And maybe they'll share that and tell other people about the amazing talk they just heard from you. Now, we mentioned a lot about people sharing your content online, giving them, empowering your audience to share your content. But maybe sometimes it's nice to collect testimonials. If you have a list of their email addresses, sometimes it could be nice to just send them a little note saying after, maybe a couple days after you say thank you. Turn around and say to them, hey guys, maybe, maybe y'all can hook me up with a testimonial. <laughs> Don't hook me up with a testy. Don't ask them for a testy. For my non-native English friends, asking someone for a testy will be something completely different and... Although they might hit reply and send you something, it might not be something you'd want to share with others. That said, testimonials are awesome because they show people that your stuff is awesome. Or if they're mixed, namely some people say this stuff is the shit, another stuff, other people say this stuff is shit, that balanced nature, the pros and the cons within the testimonials makes people feel like this is an honest environment. In fact, I encourage sometimes some people offering critical advice when they share testimonials. My 40 plus five star reviews across Google, I still encourage critical comments. It's not my fault that people just love the shit that I put out there. It's not my fault they love the draining. I'm just awesome. And modest. Modesty is actually my best quality. I'm definitely the most modest person out there. The tremendousness of my modesty is tremendous and phenomenal, etc. Now, get testimonials. The testimonials will help people understand just how good you are and what people thought of your content and encourage a diverse range. Of Don't just ask for testimonials from people you know will love it. Ask it from everyone, because that's how we learn. Someone gives you a critical testimonial. I mean, you're not, I hope you, you're not an actor, man, you, or even then. You're not going to lose your shit like an entourage where, you know, was it Adrian Brody, the uh, character he plays, where he uh, loses his shit every time he reads a, a bad review. I mean, sure it hurts. Sure, it stings. But if you jump in and see this from a good perspective, if you say good to yourself and jump the whole negative spiral of, oh shit, I'm terrible, I'm horrible, what did I do, whatever, and go straight to, man, this guy or lady makes a good point, maybe I can learn from it, then there's a good chance you'll be better off for it. So dust yourself off from the critical comments give zero fucks what they think and take on any constructive elements that you can to make your stuff as tight and amazing as possible because that's your role to provide better more engaging more meaningful content for others especially if you're giving a kick-ass presentation otherwise you'll just do the same thing and you know what that's boring as fuck so don't do that
And this last bit is one of my favorite tips I got from my buddy Travis Wright. He wrote a book called Digital Sense. He also runs the massive crypto community, the Bad Crypto Podcast, uh, and their related websites, and just a generally stand-up cat. What he said to me once when I was asking him, you know, what to do when starting off a podcast, he was like, well, you know what? Find someone you find interesting, funny, and who has a huge audience. And leverage their audience and your relationship with them and your connections and, and shared meaning that, that you share with them. And use that to grow your audience, to share what you have to say. Bringing in outside authors, contributors to your uh, content not only enriches the, the, the breadth of the topics you can talk about, but gives a new perspective, brings a, literally a new voice to the conversation. And having another perspective within the same conversation, within the same piece, whether it's a presentation or after collaborating on different parts of content that you may have mentioned, expands the depth of what you have to say. And so it's interesting. So once you're done your presentation, polling your audience, getting their opinions and perspectives, and maybe seeing if there's a way where you can actually engage with them and develop content with them. That's awesome. That keeps the ball rolling. That turns a boring ass lecture into an ongoing, exciting, and engaging conversation. And ultimately, isn't that what we're all about here? If you're just out to give a boring-ass presentation, you might as well say it to nobody, hit record, upload it to Vimeo, and let the internet have it. But if you really want to connect with people, you want to give them something, you want to give them something to talk about, let's give them something to talk about. You know, getting some, some funky vibes. Uh, if you want to give them something to talk about, talk with them. Ask them questions. Have a conversation with them and share that conversation online. One of my a video I did a little recently with this guy, Rick Vera. Genius. He's a brilliant man. Super sharp mind. Uh, and we literally just had a fireside chat. We met at... Uh, tower in Amsterdam and he uh, we clicked almost instantly and then COVID hit we started talking one thing that struck me is his perspective like mine was about turning this crisis into an opportunity seeing it more as a challenge to make something good out of it rather than a challenge to just get by. His optimism was infectious. Forgive the pun. And it inspired me to keep pushing and keep trying new pieces of content. That's actually partly what gave birth to this podcast. The notion of having content out there where we talk about issues that matter in times where everything's different. These kind of posts, these kind of content pieces that I'm putting out here that we're talking about right now podcast is one of those content pieces but it also is a video so is an article so is a conversation on the phone and sharing that online 
the more we share our ideas with people and connect with people that can add value to them, the greater the impact our messages can have on others. Not just because there are messages, but because they're made stronger. Stronger by virtue of adding other people's insights to the mix. Because at its core, it's not about your opinion amidst a stream of opinions, amidst a flow of ideas of people thinking and claiming they know better, they know differently, they know correctly, and bringing it to a level where you're sharing ideas and growing our collective insight on a subject, on a topic area. There's nothing better than connecting at that level and sharing with others. And so to recap these six different elements, sending a thank you email, sharing photos and videos of the event, using shared folders to distribute your content, sharing your slide deck, collecting testimonials, and then ultimately collaborating on content. Six similar yet uniquely powerful ways to enhance the depth, breadth, scope, and reach of your content and ideas. And yeah, I'm guilty. I don't follow all of these all the time. But when I do, they kick ass. So it's one of those do as I say, not as I do kind of scenarios because shit, man, it's tough. And I feel you, it's tough to follow up in all these ways, to add different elements of content, to do the pre-research, to do all that extra bit. Sometimes you're not even paid for that. Sometimes that extra credit is on your own dime, your own sweat equity. But believe me, brothers and sisters, that shit pays off. It'll lead to another conference. It'll lead to another event. It'll lead to more people saying, Hey, have you heard of this cat? He's one stand-up motherfucker. You gotta connect with him. And then that spurs that onto a next thing, to a next thing, to a next thing, until you're years down the road and you're Tony frickin' Robbins, chilling with Oprah, hustling with Gary Vee, prostituting yourself for the highest bidder. Who knows? Anyways, those are my two thoughts. Six thoughts, two cents, whatever. It's discount mode today in Coinkaland. Those are my just thoughts on the things that people can do to enhance their presentations in a very little focused area after the presentation. Now, why did I do this? Well, shit, man, you know, like so many coaches and trainers and experts and gurus are always about, here's what you got to do before. Here's what you got to do during the presentation. And everyone drops the ball when it comes to what do you do after, after you're done meeting someone. And this kind of content doesn't have to limit itself either to a an event or a conference or a call or a presentation. You could practice some of these techniques in your trainings, if you're a coach, or in your meetings. The simple act of thanking someone for meeting you, showing them the respect 
and the gratitude of them spending their time can lead to some pretty incredible relationships. Ones that you may not expect would lead to some greater stuff. You'd be surprised. Anyhow, let me know what you think. Always down to hear your thoughts on the issue. Just a quick little drop in the bucket. A long stream of ideas and insights about what to really do when you're done presenting. And how to make your message have a better impact when you're done. So, my friends, compatriots, brothers and sisters from around the world, that was today's podcast. Short, sweet, a little bit of sassiness, all served up on a hot dish right for you, my friends. Hope you liked it. Hope you found it useful. Six tips that I kind of really dig. Got plenty more where that came from, so stay tuned. I'll be dropping some good knowledge. Like it is hot for the next few weeks, months, years, millennia. Who knows? I will be stuffing the internet more than a Twinkie with all kinds of good deliciousness. So don't forget, smash that subscribe button, follow along, give a listen, and uh, let me know what you think. A special thank you and a nod and a long-distance COVID-friendly fist bump to my buddy Andre, who put together a pretty kick-ass list of 40 tech podcasts and startup ecosystem here in the Netherlands that people need to listen to. Son of a Pitch found its way. If you want to see us, we are on the first row, the third one from the top left. I'd like to say we are the top three, but in all sincerity, we are definitely kicking it within the top 40. So it's a special thank you to you, my friend, for both putting together the list and celebrating a growing, flourishing ecosystem that needs even more props and support than anything else uh, these days. And on top of that, a little gracias, a dunkevel. Thank you very much for forcing me to take this shit seriously. Because God knows I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. It's all about great content and helping people learn and do more. And if I was able to do that, then yay. If not, well, I'm just going to keep talking to this very little knob here they call a microphone until something sticks we'll see what happens but until then thank you so much for listening thanks for taking the time if i had your address i'd send you a chocolate bar if you want a chocolate bar ping me your address i'll hook you up preferably within amsterdam but eh. the internet is global it's the first w in the www so uh, drop me a line, let me know what you think. Let me know if you want me to cover any other areas that you might think are some blind spots or whatnot, but regardless, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. It's Michael Cuenca from Son of a Pitch saying, stay classy, stay sassy, stay hydrated, give zero fucks what people think and I'll catch you around. Peace.